Let's spread a song so you can sing along with a special guest star or two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me today is a returning guest who hasn't been on in like forever, it feels like. It's Diana DiCostanzo, everyone! Woo! Yay, thank you! Hello, everyone. What was the last one you were on? I can't even remember. I think it was It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, The Nightman Coming yes. Musical. Yes. Yes, you're yeah. right. That was <laughs> everyone. It's been almost 250 episodes since oh Diana my God. has been on. Wow. I promise I won't wait as long for the next one. <laughs> I, I mean, it happens, you know, life and um I'm I'm finding other people to bring on and other podcasters. So welcome back. Thank you. And I somehow convinced you to do this episode. <laughs> Uh, to talk about Mary Poppins. I mean, we had to do it on the podcast, and I figured you're great. It's been a while since you've been on, so yeah, not, right. And I remember last time thinking, like, because the two I brought to you were things that were very near and dear to my heart, and I was like, you can't critique them at all. Um, and so it was good that you brought this one, so I could kind of go into it with an open mind. <laughs> have you you've seen this before i'm assuming i'm hope so yeah it had been so long i have to say and uh when i was in like seventh grade i was in a production of mary poppins oh so like at that time i was really familiar with the source material <laughs> well so mary poppins came out in 1964 uh the screenplay is by bill walsh and don degardi sure Let's go with it. Music and <laughs> lyrics by Richard M. Sherman and Robert B. Sherman, uh, directed by Robert Stevenson. And according to IMDb, in turn of the century, London, a magical nanny employs magic and adventure to help two neglected children become closer to their father. I'm going to disagree heavily with everything I just read. <laughs> about really? So in this movie, everyone has magic. It's not just her. Because they're uh, when we do spoonful of sugar, the snap the kids are snapping too, uh-huh. and the stuff is magically putting away being put away right before step in time when they're sweeping the chimney. It's just like magically they get shot up into it. So I'm like, I kind of felt rules? that was Mary's presence that made the magic possible. Like they oh. wouldn't have been able to snap and clean things up without her like when Bert was trying to jump into the the chalk painting he couldn't do it on his own like Mary had to to open that magical channel but interesting I don't know maybe they're all magic but the other thing I want to disagree with in the IMDb summary is that I think Mr. Banks is actually the protagonist of this movie whoa interesting because okay Follow me. He's the one that changes the most, I guess. Yes. And also like, um, oh, what's her name? Katie Nana, the first uh, uh, nanny that we see. She talks about how these kids are monsters. We hear how these kids are 
terrible. Rewatching the movie, I'm like, they're children. They're like, great, and she's bad at her job. Like, they even say the kite flew away and we chased after it. And so, right. I don't know. And then, even when they're at the bank, like, they were fine up until the time old age Dick Van Dyke tried to steal the money. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like they keep being admonished just for being children because no one in that's an adult in their world like understands them. The whole movie is about their dad doesn't love them and they want him to love them. Right. And like the songs that they that they sing and that we see and the scenes that happen, he's the one that spouts back later. You know, he's the mm-hmm. one that talks about supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. He's the one that you know, tells the joke before I love to laugh happens. That's why I want to say he's the protagonist of this movie. But like, we're following Mary Poppins and the kids. So right. it's a weird... Well, and and then poor Mrs. Banks <laughs> is just there. <laughs> I forgot there was a mom in this movie and was like, oh, I thought... It was like a single dad. Nope, she's there. Oh, right. Her whole identity is votes for women, which like is cool. It's a cool storyline. But she is sort of like a useless character in a way, which there could be so much more. They want their father's love so much. They don't really have their mother's love either. It doesn't seem like it. I think she just defers to him, which is hilarious because she's supposed to be a feminist, a suffragette, a feminist. Right. And she's like, put this stuff away. You know how it angers Mr. Banks. It's like, right. I could be a feminist, but in private. I could be, yeah, I could be a feminist outside of the house. Because right. I think, I and also, another hot take, I think Mary Poppins is the true feminist of this movie. Yeah. She's the only one that, like, doesn't take Mr. Banks' shit. She somehow double speaks to him to get him to bring he the gets kids all to work. Around. Yeah. Yeah, so... She's very she's very much in control of everything. She's super confident. Like when she comes in, it's like it, this is from a different movie of hers, but it's like, I have confidence. Like she just comes in, she's in charge, she knows what she has to do, she knows how to get what she wants. And she is a little like firm with the children, but in a loving way. Yeah. Um, and actually, again, it had been so long. And Julie Andrews, she's been in so many things. This one, I'm like, oh my God, you're like beautiful as Mary Poppins. Gorgeous. gorgeous. See like brunette, her like blue Mm -hmm. eyes. She looks good. Because turn of the century clothes can look not good on, can look not good, period. Doesn't matter the body type, doesn't matter the person. But like she looked great in it. They, like even Glynis Johnson, Johnson? Ooh. I think that's her last name. The woman who played the mom. Which I had to look her up. I was like, she looks so familiar. What else have I seen her in? She was one of the family members in While You Were Sleeping. She was much older. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, that's what I've seen her in. Anyway. She has that. And like, I think her voice is the thing that like most people would recognize her for. Yeah. Oh, and she was apparently also in Superstar. That was the last thing that she was in. Um, for my other podcast, we watched this and the sequel just to talk about how it's basically the same movie. But like, mm-hmm. 
it's been a while. It's been like over a year since I've seen this movie. So I'm like, oh, you know, I'm rewatching it and I'm singing along and having fun. But like, there's something about it that like, like how you with uh, the Jesus Christ Superstar episode, you had that whole history of everything. I remember watching this as a kid, but like, mm-hmm. I'm not weirdly emotionally attached to it, which I thought right. I was going to be. I kind of felt that too. Like there were some moments where I was like, oh right spoonful of sugar yeah classic it's it's coming up now Uh and then there was so much of this that i was like like every mr bank song every song at the bank i was like cut it cut it not interesting boring like so some of it really like just dredged on like i for me the whole i love to laugh scene was like cut it thought this movie's two and a half hours long i didn't remember that it's like this is why we like a tight 90 now folks yeah and, it was, <laughs> and it's a kid's movie it, too right i wrote down it's 25 minutes until julie andrews like until her character really appears on screen and i'm like oh my god that took us a while and then once she comes bam energy spoonful of sugar all the fun stuff she does with kid, like when they're in the painting it's a jolly holiday supercalifragilistic like okay now we're getting there but then there's like all these lulls too i don't know Mm -hmm. but like even when she sings stay awake which is the lullaby and oh my god the play on words that they do in that is astounding i didn't remember that song at all oh i (laughs) i I remembered it because i remember going wow this is like oddly smart a lullaby a it's not gaslighting what is it is it gaslighting I mean, she well, gaslights throughout the whole movie. What were the words? Yeah, she totally gas. I wrote that down. She gaslit those children saying, we didn't ride on a horse. What are you talking about? And I was like, whoa. But, what I mean, are the lyrics? like? It's the- like, stay awake, don't fall asleep. Like, she's she's singing a lullaby and very melodically and everything. And she's basically saying, like, you're not tired. We're going to stay awake and talk, you know, all yeah. this other thing. And that and that's why I really appreciated the the um the Sherman brothers where sorry PL Travers, I know you're rolling in your grave over this, but like she hated the movie. You you okay. heard this, right? No, tell me. <laughs> so PL Travers wrote the books, the Mary Poppins books. Okay. And when she saw this movie, she hated it so much that she like backed out of a contract where they were gonna do other things. And so like wow. And so bed knobs and broomsticks came about because Disney was like, well, we had such success with Mary Poppins and we want to do a sequel, but we don't have the rights to it. So let's do this other book that's similar. Oh. And then when the show came about, which this is a good segue, put a pin in it for a hot second, though, the the stage version, I mean, Cameron McIntosh met with P.L. Travers and she's like, I'll do it as long as nobody from the movie's involved. (laughs) Wow. So, like, they still had to have the Sherman Brothers songs because that's what everyone knows and everything. It's, yeah, it's wild. Because, like, they did, um, I read that, like, because I've never read the books, but I read that they put things together. They changed a lot of characters. I know that they got rid of some characters because there's supposed to be more children, but oh, like Fontrap children. Yeah, basically. Where, but like, I, I've, I don't know. I 
liked this movie (laughs) yeah i don't it would be interesting to read the book and see the differences but like i think my qualms with the movie are more of the about the time and how stylized and just how different it is now but at that time i wouldn't see being mad at it yeah i also don't know how everyone knows her (laughs) like how does Bert know her listen all i want to know after watching this i was like we need the real like the prequel the backstory of mary and bert's relationship because he knows she's about to come they know each other how do they know each other also i don't know if you noticed at one point when they're like in the magical land during i think jolly holiday she totally friend zones him he's like oh you're so lovely you're so lovely and then her verse is like you're a gentleman and you never push your luck you never make things go further and he gives like a look like she will never it's unrequited one-way love well and, also, but then he later lists all these women's names so you're like and she oh. gets upset and jealous but i don't know there's something else going on there and he's like i'll see you later mary you live in a cloud i guess <laughs> like, cloud. it opens and she's sitting in a cloud yeah and, you're like what are you doing up there you're just waiting just waiting for a job so why they say she's like i'll need every other or tuesday or thursday off and i'm like why does she need a day off she's like magic she lives in a clap like what else are you doing <laughs> she's got to recharge somehow true it's a union contract yeah she's got to charge her carpet bag and all the magic in her that scene i still feel is magical like where did it come from i mean you it's can there because of the technology of the time and they, I don't think they've remastered this to, like, clean up some things. But, like, you can see where, like, the blue screen effect was. Like, you you could see, like, an outline. It. I didn't see it in those moments. I don't know. Maybe I just didn't notice it. But in the Spoonful of Sugar, I was like, oh, this looks right. fake. And, and definitely in Step in Time. Definitely yeah. in Step in Time. But... In the carpet bag scene, like I was paying attention because I'm just mm-hmm. like, there has to be something. Because like today, you can easily like layer it or like it's all digital anyway, so whatever. But like back then, it's like they had to work <laughs> and figure mm-hmm. figure everything out. And I I can't tell. I don't know. I honestly don't yeah. know how it was done. Obviously, there's a there's got to be a hole at the bottom of the bag and in right. the table where there's somebody, you know, with the uh, with the coat rack and the plant and everything else. I feel like the only time it's not done that way is when she pulls out the tape measure and that's just Julie Andrews acting. Right. right. Because the bag is pretty big, it looks like, and like they could fit the shoes and anything else that she pulls out. And so it's just like, okay, now pretend like you're in a cat... <laughs> A, a, a woman's handbag where, that has everything yeah. <laughs> it, it's so classic like that and her umbrella which the, i thought i talked earlier bird. yeah me too i or like by the time the end happened and it talked i was like oh why oh you talk oh, now this is like, the first time okay i mean i also i also rewatched the sequel so i may be confusing it with that so. oh okay i haven't watched that since it came out really good it's good um okay so you watched this as a kid i'm assuming and yeah and you haven't read the books you said nope 
Yeah. So, okay. I was, <laughs> it was a lot, it was a crapshoot, you know, whether or not you've read the books. Cause I was going to be like, oh, let's talk more about their adventures. But like, like I wasn't sure as well if the animated characters, it seemed like the animated characters knew her too. Right. Yeah. Is like it, all is the that a byproduct of the magic or <laughs> maybe cause she kind of created the world. Like Bert drew it, but she brought it to life. But like Bert knows her uncle. Bert knows a lot about Wait, Mary Poppins. Uncle Albert's her uncle. Yeah, the one wh- I, I like to laugh. That? So she's a real human. What's her family tree? You know, <laughs> I don't, I don't know, man. I got, I got, I can't, I can't help you with this one. <laughs> I didn't realize. Oh, I must have missed that. I didn't realize it was her uncle Albert. Yeah, because I mean, I saw, I did see that, like in the books, her family shows up. So yes, she's human. Oh. I'm sorry to report to you, um, but she could also be magic. There is the, there is the running theory of uh, that she went to Hogwarts. Oh, <laughs> um, that would make so much sense because they say when she's coming in, is that a witch? No, witches ride broomsticks. And then there is a Harry Potter esque scene with the letter thrown uh into the fireplace and then it like magically uh and this one goes like up but then you know in harry potter all the letters come through the fireplace in the first Mm. one or like or like the the howler as well in harry potter like there's a lot of letter magic with yeah within the world i would believe it because she shows up and it's all like like it's so detailed that you could see the rips in it but it's I don't want to say taped together because I don't think tape existed at, in the 1910s. Right. It was some sort of like glue or I don't know. Probably glued together or something. Um, but I let's talk about the stage because you. OK, so this is a good moment. Let's talk about the stage version. You said yeah. you were in it. Were you in like. Yes. The so pro- I was in a community theater production and it was my third show with this group. I was in the ensemble, so we played a bunch of different roles. Like, I think I was one of the nannies that got blown away. I was a <laughs> chimney sweep. I still remember some of the dance to step in time. Um, but my favorite role that I did was in the Jolly Holiday time. I was one of the farm animals and I was a goat. And so the song, like, you know, there's part of the song where it's like, this animal sings one line, this animal sings the Uh next, whatever. So I was the goat and my line was, Mary makes your heart so light. And all these other kids are singing it like, it's a jolly holiday with Mary. And I'm like, okay, you're not a real actor because you're playing an animal. You need to sound like that animal. Like this was the young thespian that I was. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, I'm playing a goat. What does a goat sound like? How can I sing this as a goat? And so I came out with, Mary makes your heart so light. And that was my solo that I had. <laughs> my shining moment. What's really interesting, I think Marnie Nixon was that voice in the movie. Marnie Nixon famously was the singing voice for a, a lot of hol- uh, musical movies like West Side Story. She she did, oh. um, she covered Maria. Um uh, she did another one and I can't remember off the top of my head, but 
she was one of the singing voices in this movie and i can't remember which one she was but it'd be funny if if it was the goat as well yeah there's a lot of like interesting animal voices they do like the cow one you know watching again i was like see that's how you do voice acting Mm -hmm. but you know the other (laughs) like teenager middle schoolers they didn't know how to really so like (laughs) so this actual stage version premiered in the west end in 2004 after uh it it seemed like a decade for them to like workshop and figure it out and write the script and everything because i see here on the wikipedia page that cameron mcintosh met with pl travers in 1993 so wow okay um it premiered they on the west end 2004 and then it premiered on the broadway in 2006 so not that far away did you see this version no i didn't oh my god so wait who is who is in it the original production or like who is mary poppins i guess mary poppins was played in london by laura michelle kelly on broadway ashley brown was the first was the first one um gavin lee played bert in both productions don't know these names yeah well bert's such a fun character like he was one of my favorite parts of watching this i'm like he's so vaudevillian and dick van dyke is actually like a great physical comedian great dancer he makes the roles just so special so it must be figure in this yeah (laughs) and like the one-man band thing I've always wanted to try out like a one man band outfit thing. <laughs> That's like on my bucket list. And I don't think he was actually playing in it, but I'm like, he, it's just perfect for his persona. So on stage, it must have been so fun to play because you're in that space acting that like clown vaudevillian way. My family and I saw it on Broadway at some point during its run because it was on Broadway for like a, a good minute. You know, it was mm-hmm. on there for like, five years i want to say six years maybe wait hold on i want to see it closed in 2013 march 2013 so almost seven years yeah how did i do the stage show before what year did it open on the west end 2004 and it came to broadway in 2006 i would have done the show it could have been just like before 2001 could have been some weird children's theater version of it maybe or maybe is, they definitely a, didn't have the rights yeah, well, based on the movie who well, knows well <gasps> the the story i want to say is like i'll never forget step in time because in it bert climbs the proscenium he has he's attached on wires so he like mm-hmm. goes 90 degrees climbing up the proscenium and then he's on a little platform hanging upside down tap dancing and it's moving it moves across the top of the proscenium it stops in the middle he belts out a note and then he continues on tapping and everything and then climbs down the proscenium it was so like like this movie is very magical and we talked about how even some of the magic however many years later at this point it's almost six it's almost 60 years later at this point this movie is almost mm-hmm. 60 years old. Wow. Where yeah. some things that are still magical about it, but like that was truly magical. And like, yeah, she flies it out in the audience at the end, but like, whatever. <laughs> that's, not, 
That's not real. The magic was watching this guy tap dancing upside down and singing as well. Wow. I wish I saw that. That sounds amazing. It was chef's kiss amazing. But let's go back to the movie. So did you know that supercalifragilisticexpialidocious is a real word? No. Yeah, so it's a real word. It's not made up. It actually, it actually means extremely good, super amazing, or excellent, which is hilarious because at the end of the movie, when Mr. Banks is using it, he's using it for one of those four words. He's using it to yeah. be like, oh, it's excellent. Oh, the, uh, you know, Mary Poppins is amazing. Oh, this, all that. So but is it like the longest word in the english language i don't think so um because i believe hold on let me actually give you a better answer and also while you're looking that up i'll tell a little anecdote about when i was a young precocious child um i used to tell my friends oh by the way i know how to spell supercalifragilisticexpialidocious like it was my party trick before like i didn't go to dinner parties but it was my dinner party trick and so they'd be like, okay, how do you spell it? And I would spell it. I never looked it up. I just was spelling how I thought it was spelt and was like, it's probably correct. Um, and actually, I was looking at my uh, closed captioning as I was rewatching it. And I was like, I was really, really close. <laughs> they just took my word for it because how are they going to look it up? We didn't have internet back then. So they were like, wow, you're really smart. You know how to spell supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. So the word goes back to the 30s. From Helen Herman, she apparently first coined it, writing an editorial for her college newspaper, the Syracuse Daily Orange, but it is not the longest word in the dictionary. Aha. The longest word in the dictionary is a medical term that is 45 letters long. I'm not even going to try. That's like, I really want to learn how to pronounce I don't know if you know that town in Wales. That's like the longest town. That's on (laughs) my to-do list at some point. (laughs) Also fascinating in the stage version. Sorry to go back to it. I said we weren't going to, but my (laughs) podcast, my rules. They actually do spell out the word within the song. (gasps) What? (laughs) I was pulling my tricks before before the meetings. What is it? So S-U-P-E-R c-a-l-i-f-r-a-g-i-l-i-s-t-i-c-e-x-p-i-a-l-a-d-o-c-i-o-u-s you added an extra letter actually so p-i-a-l-i-d you said l-i-a-d so you were very you were off by one letter. You All added right. a letter. I'll, I'll get there one day. The, the, but that's the that's amazing. Trick that, is like, to just say it confidently and people think it's right. But like that's amazing that like you because I feel like with this word people would just not know some letters or they would right. forget like a whole sec- segment of it. But like the fact that you added a letter is great. You're so close. You're just one it's letter. It's great off. for this, bad for a spelling bee. <laughs> <laughs> I Listen. need the comfort counselor. <laughs> Goodbye. Um, I love that show. 
but this movie is just great and like I know we complain about the length of it, but like I remember watching every minute of this as a kid, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure my parents are thankful that it's two hours and <laughs> true because <laughs> it meant we were quiet, we were watching a movie, they could do whatever they need to do for two hours and twenty minutes, and right. then done. I will say, at the opening, I was like, "Oh my god, I love an overture." Where did the overtures go? just this they had the opening credits were like the closing credits like it was everyone the animators everyone was listed so that i didn't mind i love a good overture i like and then i liked it that it was like the silent introduction to mary poppins at the end of the overture because you Mm -hmm. just see this woman sitting on a cloud and you're like (laughs) i have no idea what's going to happen but i'm sure it's magical and then you're right it is magical and you know what even with all her magic and zaniness, she's actually not the most crazy person in this tale. Because the craziest is that damn neighbor that thinks he's on a boat in the Navy. I was like, you know what? If he was my neighbor, I'd be calling 311 and filing <laughs> a noise complaint. Because why is the rest of the neighborhood just supposed to deal with all their stuff falling down every day at and this it's- time? It's kind it, of fun though, but it's it's, it's like it's, it's, he's it's crazy. I it's funny that you mentioned Sound of Music earlier because when Mr. Binnacle, the one that loads the cannon and everything, um, mm-hmm. in the opening, he does blow a whistle that the that's similar to the captain in yeah. Sound of Music. So I was like, wait, what movie am I watching right now? <laughs> Lisa. Uh, I know she's a nanny that comes to take care of unruly children. <laughs> Same yeah, setup a little bit, but in this in this one, like we said, they're not unruly. They are just no kids. I want to say they're stars too. Their acting is great. That little girl, she was crying at one time, and I'm like, oh my god. She gets that. She gets the whole song for a perfect nanny, like mm-hmm. which is which is interesting because I wondered why they didn't give it to. They didn't like have them share it or make it a duet right. or. You know, like she reads one part, he reads another part. Unless they're trying to say that, like, that he is so young that he doesn't know how to read yet. But I don't know. That's oh, true. Maybe because he's like, I edited that part. You want to yeah. know something about the actor that plays Michael? I I think I know what you're going to tell me, but okay. Because I, I looked it up last. I was like looking up the these actors, and he died at the age of 21. Mm-hmm it's so sad it it is it is and he he was so well in this i usually don't like kids in movies right i've said it before in this podcast i (laughs) i don't know there's just something about them they're like they might be overacting it might be that the one exception is Dakota Fanning and Uptown Girls. We all know this. Well, there's there's some exceptions. <laughs> there's some exceptions to my rule. And these two are in that exception because yeah. they have to carry the whole movie and uh, react to everything. React to everything. And, and like you said, that girl cried at one point. And like, it might just be the British thing because they, they're so stoic face the whole time but like you know they're also kids i don't know how old they're supposed to be i want to say younger than 10 right i'm so bad with like looking at a child and knowing its age um but like 
I want I want to say maybe she was I like say seven? maybe she's I was going to say 8 or 9, yeah. Like she I think she's older than him. Yeah. And I love to I love their relationship too. Like there's a part I think when they're running away from the bank or sometime after that where Michael like stands up for her and he's like let, let my sister go or leave her alone. And I was like you're like five i don't know (laughs) and you're like standing up for your sister like good for you i did have a moment um after they leave and when they run into bert i was like did dick van dyke audition for the dad but that's the point like he the dad is not supposed to be a likable character until the end mr banks right and when Dick Van Dyke has that moment with the kids, I'm just like, he is a dad. He is nice to them. Yeah. And like, I think even if the character is not super likable, he is at least a little goofy, the the dad. And um, I realized the dad at the end, when he changes, he's like, yeah, Mary Poppins, she was right. She like, she changed me, but I forgot. Like, Bert has a whole conversation with the father about how you should be grateful for children and being a dad. And I'm like, actually, it's all Bert. Like Mary Poppins. Well, I don't, I don't know. That seemed to be the inciting incident. Yeah. Yeah. That was like, she's just watching your kids and your kids are reminding you that you're a part of a family. Like, do you think going back to like his mysterious backstory, do you think like he had kids or like he wanted kids or maybe like they were together and they no because it's unrequited wait i don't know but he seems there's something i i <laughs> i think he's a squib ah if we're going with harry potter lingo i think because squibs like can recognize magic if i remember correctly but they're and not they magic some in like because hagrid had like his umbrella had a little bit of he was a squib, right? No. Or no. I'm thinking I'm thinking of the caretaker. All right, Filch. Filch is a squib. He's a he's a he's a yeah. non-magical being, a human at the school. But I think basically Bert is not magical, but he recognizes that she's magical. Mm-hmm. And maybe he witnessed it before? Because London is only so big. <laughs> yeah. I know the books are centered only on her relationship to the Banks children, but maybe in the world of the movies, there was another child. It makes sense because they say, like, she's... He implies, I think, with his opening song when, like, there's wind changing and it's he's singing Chim Chimini, but he's like, something has happened that's happened before. Mm -hmm. I think he says something like that. So it's like, yeah, this has happened before. Bert and probably he, was around for it. And even at the end, uh, when Mr. Banks comes to realization and he's talking to his boss, he Mr. Banks says the name and the boss is like, say that name again? Pop it. So oh, I, I think maybe she's a time traveler. She's Doctor Who. <laughs> Nanny Doctor Who. Do you know that she was referenced in doctor who like there is a doctor who reference for her Mary as well happens yeah is it that when i know i that... don't know the i don't know the details all i know is that there was a character that showed up dressed kind of like mary poppins was it missy who was like the master when she was 
sure we'll go with form. it it's kind of that era of clothing yeah we'll go I don't know. We'll, we'll go with it and then and then like fans were like mary poppins and doctor who and doctor who went yes that's what we did <laughs> we meant it <laughs> i mean they probably did it on purpose as well but like i guess they couldn't right say it for legal reasons <laughs> right well in the newer mary poppins i kind of forget the setup is she coming back after like years and years and years it's like 20 years later and bert's not is bert's he not in it, it? bert's Bert, not in Bert. it at all it is lynn manuel miranda as a and he plays bert's like nephew or something a oh. former apprentice okay or something along those lines yeah but um and this one it's interesting because like this one Bert's a chimney sweep in the next in the and we're in the 1910s in the sequel we're in the 30s ish and they're lamp lighters right well Bert did anything to make money he did the one man band he did the chalk painting hustling man yeah I I wrote down uh Bert would be annoying on the trains with his <laughs> one man band. Yeah. Okay, so Diana and I live in New York. I mean, I've lived in everyone knows this. I live in New York. Diana also lives in New York. So, but like the subways have the peddlers come on and some sometimes you get a little mariachi band, sometimes you get somebody just Ooh, banging on guitar. Yeah. You get somebody banging on like a uh a tub a five gallon pickle tub or whatever with drumsticks Mm -hmm. so you get it you you get it all so i'm just imagining bert with well even walking home from the gig because it makes noise when you walk so it's just like yeah hearing him like just walking hearing him walk in the opening i'm surprised they didn't have him just take it off i guess right i guess to prevent like if they had to go back and re- redo it, the scene or whatever. But I was like, that is so noisy. <laughs> yeah. Because you have like a big drum and cymbals, like, and a concertina and like a honking horn. Concertina is also on the the list to learn as well. The little like accordion <laughs> thing. Oh, was that the thing in his knees? In between his knees or something? No, he was like playing it. It's like, it's like, a mini sort of octagonal like it i think oh uh, yes accordion. i know what you're talking about yeah yeah i have enough instruments i could be a one-man band but they're all like string instruments <laughs> we'll figure it out we can figure out some sort of like pulley system or yeah. something it'll be it'll be like marionettes but with the bows and things yeah like that. <laughs> oh my god i have a cello tied to my back <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know is there anything else though you want to you want to talk about is did we miss something um let me refer to my notes Um, i mean i did write like a couple of times dick van dyke is amazing i wrote during step in time that he's just all limbs because like (laughs) when he is dancing he's doing the high kicks or he's like flailing his arms around and he is a dancer because he dances in what is that movie? Bye bye birdie. He's a he does that. Um I think he also dances a little bit on the Dick Van Dyke show. Like I know the okay. opening 
the op- the opening credits stunt that happens he had <laughs> that's i mean clearly that's him because they don't have stunt people in the early in the early forms of television but i was like i want i'm surprised that he's not i don't know his filmography but i kind of wish he was like a bigger disney star or something because he has he has charm he's charming he's sweet he he can i mean i don't know what he's like off camera but on camera he has chemistry with the kids and you know he's got those piercing blue eyes Mm -hmm. you're talking about mary uh julie andrews's eyes Uh, dick van dyke his his eyes were just blue (laughs) and i loved it yeah i haven't seen much of anything else he's been in strangely enough so I should go down a rabbit hole. You should go down a rabbit hole. Yeah. What did yeah. What did you think of his accent? So, oh, of course we should talk about the accent because that's we have to. As a kid, I don't remember it being jarring at all, and then having not seen it for many many years, you hear, "Oh, the worst British accent is Dick Van Dyke." And I listen to a lot of British podcasts. I watch a lot of British TV, and it comes up with like actual Brits. And I'm watching it again. I'm like, I don't care. It's just a Cockney accent. It's a stage Cockney accent. And his whole charm, he's so charming. He's so talented. He's hes dancing with penguins. That penguin dance is amazing. The penguin dance. And so I'm like, who cares? Like, he's an American doing a Cockney accent for like a musical theater show. So it doesn't really bother me that much. Yeah, it's a little hokey, I guess. but. Were they working with a dialect coach or anything? You know, I don't know right. if they paid as much attention to things like that at that time. I mean, there's moments where he or I thought he was fine. And then there's moments where I'm like, oh, you are trying hard. Right. Here. Those were probably right. his first few days of filming. And then he got yeah. then he it. got good. Yeah. <laughs> Spend more like, time with Julie Andrews. Because like when he when we when he did the little opening. um Chim Chimery uh like song it, he sounded fine and then he was yeah I also for keep forgetting that he's he breaks the fourth wall and he's our narrator I did write that down that like I I liked that in the beginning and he was even like I got some folks here that want to see and then they just drop it the whole rest of the movie so it's like it happens once more right before they jump into the sidewalk chalk art oh, really just like the briefest of moments, we're like, "Oh, welcome back!" And then the kids come in. Oh, I missed that. But yeah, it's a device that, like, usually when you use it, it keeps popping up. Especially at the end, it would come back. But they were too busy flying kites. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the point. You got to make time for your yeah. your family and go fly a kite. But yeah, his his voice didn't really bother me. I don't know. I also feel like in stage there's so much like cockney accents used in a lot of musicals and it's a very quick way to tell class and so i feel like they almost uh, directors in certain shows want you to go to that extreme so that they can tell right away you're a low down chimney sweep that's got no money that's busking in the street like maybe he was encouraged to go a little more clownish with his because i think it's an american film it's i mean disney's an american company yes they hired a ton of brits to do this movie but it's 
yeah. an American it film and and sounds yeah sorry. I was just gonna say it kind of sounds like the same accent that Mrs. Lovett has like white what you rush what you are you gave me such a fraud I thought you was a ghost it's, and she's British thick. well at least yeah. in the, at least oh well, yeah Angela Lansbury created the role she's British and then uh Helena Bonham Carter in the movie version of Sweeney right. Todd is British as well so like but and she's I, in Harry Potter and it's all a conspiracy <laughs> it all comes back around but I I, uh, I mean anyway. I get I guess it kind of is like for Brits they know the difference they can pick up on the nuances and everything like how right. if we watch non-Americans have an American accent and we're like oh you tried here the thing is because I listen to this a lot because again I consume so much like UK media they have it so much easier coming here because the U.S. is huge you could be doing an accent from I don't know Idaho versus like Atlanta versus whatever so doing an American accent you can kind of get away with sounding a lot of different ways but they are so specific about regionalisms there in the UK every little town mm-hmm. they can, and I've gotten a little bit attuned to this they a lot of times they identify people based on how you sound oh you must be from the north are you from Blackpool are you from London there's a London pinpoint and they use it to sort of judge so it's like you can't be from a hundred miles away and sound kind of the same that's not a thing over there so maybe that's why they're so specific too their ears are so fine fine tuned also I feel like the cockney voice the dialect isn't really a thing anymore it's a very dated yeah it's gone the way of the dodo it feel like yeah says two Americans (laughs) I know no I think like there's there's like more of like a like a lower like London accent with a lot of people saying like bruv uh but that's not a cockney anymore so you know I I whenever I worked with British people I always like to pull out the Dick Van Dyke accent and but like I would do it bad because I'm not an actor so I'm worse than him and I and I like to tell people I went to the Dick Ventec school of accents (laughs) (laughs) that is wonderful yeah um anything Um, else anything else though you want to talk about before we get into sharp and flat yeah real quick one of the things that I wrote that I forgot just as I was experiencing it and forgot a lot of things I did write down like what is happening in this movie? Like, is this a fever dream? There's so much like randomness where it's like, because it takes a while to get to like, oh, we want the dad to love us and blah, blah, blah. I was like, at that time, I wonder if it's how some people felt about like watching cats. Now we're like, what am I watching? Could I be on drugs? Am I on drugs? Like what? And I don't know. So part of it was a little like, well, because yeah it's a lot of this story it might just also be like the storytelling of the 60s people took information indifferently or like they understood we understood things because like i understand what you're saying where it feels like the banks children need to learn a lesson but it's not Mm -hmm. them that learns the lesson right dad so it's like we're changing the dad to be a less stiff have a little more fun 
I guess they sort of get a lesson in toxic masculinity and how men can show their true emotions yeah. to their own children. Because like the the life I lead, I just wrote eye roll because like I uh so it's so bad. But like yeah. you have the overture, you have the little post overture bit with Bert, and then you get Sister Suffragette and the life I lead, which is to tell you the parents are insane, but the mom is opting for change in society and the dad is all about the way things are quote unquote you know like right uh, or like or keeping uh, the british pound worth a lot or or the phrase that i hate to say and i sometimes say it uh that's not how we always do it or that that's how we always do it you know Mm -hmm. he doesn't want change basically and conservative (laughs) right and then by the end of the movie I mean, we're not focused on the mom at all. She's just comedy for moments. But like the dad is the one that's just like, oh, well, maybe we do need change. Maybe we should like spend our tuppence on the uh, the homeless. Yeah, maybe we should hang out. Doesn't he become a partner again at the end? Like they fire him, then they're like, oh, he died. You can be a partner but like hopefully the I, I think the idea though is that he's going to have this mindset at the end where he's like separate work life and home life and like yeah. when you're home you're listening to your kids you're helping out you're paying attention to your wife um right it's also interesting in those scenes when the admiral shoots the cannon and everything like if Mr. Banks is there, he's not doing shit. I noticed it's, that. Yeah. All the women run around yep. and are holding the piano and holding a vase and catching holding five dishes. things. Yeah. What a metaphor and, for the things women juggle at home and the men don't lift a finger to help with. Which I guess is part of the humor for the, the right. mom. But like not in a Ha ha way in a like oh oh stuff like oh we've come a long way haven't we because from yeah. suffragettes to the sixties to even now like we've come the society has come a long way but we still have more to do and it's in it's just interesting that like in a sixties movie set in the teens that like they're commenting where yeah. I don't know I, I fucking hope it was a comment that they're making not like an accidental thing right well i think having her be a suffragette like that's already knowing that you know this is a topic you have on the table like a theme in this movie but i don't know um the other just the last thing i want to mention because i just saw my note about this i wanted your opinion or thoughts on this when the all the chimney sweeps come down the chimney and then like the maids see them and they start dancing like with the mom and the maids everything the maid ellen is like they're at it again oh no they're at it again and they're like they're at it again step in time so they did this before right unless unless she's talking about one of the antics that the kids did that we've never seen and i'm not sure actually exists but maybe maybe they did it again I don't know. It would be funny if, like, this wasn't the first time a bunch of, like, chimney sweeps came down 
through a chimney and started dancing around causing havoc and getting soot everywhere that's the <laughs> world i want to live in where that again we need the prequel we need to know mary and bert's backstory Listen. we need to know these chimney sweeps everything we need disney i know you're listening because you're listening in on everything we need a prequel <laughs> to mary and prequels about everything so yeah yeah, and you already have Lin Manuel Miranda in your pocket. Have him write the music. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into Sharp and Flash, shall we? Yeah. Sharp Flash. So, in this section, we're going to highlight some moments whether or not we talked about it. If we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it or thought it could change, it's flat. Boy, howdy. I had a difficult time finding a finding a flat in this movie. I found one. I'm going to just say it. My flat is George Banks before he changes. But like, you're supposed to hate him. But like, he's saying all the toxic male masculinity stuff. And I'm like, we're done here. We don't need this. <laughs> I need you to I need you to be a good loving husband and a nice father and listen to your family. I get it. You're the one, you're the one that's working or whatever, but like be a nicer person. And that's really all I could come up with. Like, honestly, I tried, I tried being like, oh, I don't like this. Oh, I don't like that. But like, it wasn't, I don't think I actually didn't like anything. All right. Should I go into my flats or just Yeah, what are your flats? Well, I kind of spoke about them, how there was like some stuff I would cut. So I guess less mr banks's character but more his songs i was like quickly losing inch. i just don't like a lot of like speak sing basic music stuff so mm-hmm. those were like flats to me um the overall length i mean it's not so bad but again if i cut the things i'd want to cut then it would be a decent length and then i think i wrote down like the arc of the mom's character like Oh. Just that it it wasn't really fulfilled. It didn't really go much, uh, many places. So that was a you little seemed tertiary, hundred percent. Yeah, and it's like, but she has presence. But she's, I I agree with you on that last on the mom, like the storyline not being beefed up. Yeah, because it's so promising at the start. She comes in with a whole song about sister suffragette. And it's like all her dialogue. Like, I gotta go bail my friend out of jail or throw something at the <laughs> mayor or whatever she says. Oh, look, let's use my banner for a tail. And yeah. Uh, honestly, this movie like was a good hit of nostalgia. And yeah. I, mm-hmm. I did have a lot more sharps, clearly. Um, my first sharp is just for the whole cast. The actors were amazing in this movie everyone was giving we were all in the same page we were all in the same movie like no there was nobody that was like even the even mr binnacle and the admiral were in the same movie and they are bonkers characters (laughs) um i also sharped ellen the maid yeah because there's moments great there are moments that i was laughing like she was so funny. Uh, I want to wait. Let me find the character, the actress's name, because I want to. Um... She opens the door and it's just the dog there, and she's like, "The position has been, has been... filled." Which that's also, what I, I want to say. 
where's that dog live why is he just loose all the time someone come get your dog the the there's the old lady at the in the when Bert in the is doing the yeah. beginning yeah but um he's never with her <laughs> she, i think she lost her dog and then the anyway. dog comes back and talks to mary poppins which is hilarious um so yeah. ellen is played by hermione Baddeley. Ooh, Hermione. I'm, I'm hoping i'm saying her last name correctly but she she did such an amazing job um i want to sharp the choreography mm-hmm. as a whole because like you get the icon the iconic moments and i'm like remembering seeing these in commercials for like disney movies or like um like just movies in general where you have like the the tap dancing penguin scene step in time is iconic jolly holiday as a whole really um another sharp i want to give is to the admiral and mr binnacle washing windows in a lifeboat (laughs) i love that like that (laughs) he's like put more into it (laughs) that's a fuck like that was i was like i like that they took them off the roof for another for us yeah because I feel like if we were always on the roof, it would be a little too much. But we got off the roof and they were washing windows. And it's all. not that different from how they do the skyscrapers. In That's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, it's safer. <laughs> and then my last time, I'm going to just say it and then I'll elaborate. How magical this movie is. I'm not talking about the actual magic mm-hmm. in it i'm just talking about like the overall like vibes it holds the test of time i feel like between uh, obviously between when it came out in 1964 to present day kids are watching this movie i feel like kids can still watch this movie yeah. 60 years from now if we're still alive and we still have ways to watch movies because <laughs> i i feel like there is some wonderment in this movie that makes you like although it looks a little corny by today's standards with the cgi and and everything else like when we go into the sidewalk chalk art is is a little bit a little disconnect between the humans and the cartoon but like there's still something just like oh my god this is amazing and like you know there's like awe Mm -hmm. like who doesn't want to go up a handrail to like of the stairs like that's magical yes and everyone who sees that is like i want to at least slide down the rail so (laughs) for spoonful of sugar i wrote down this scene set high set some high expectations about how to clean things but it's all lies like i was trying to snap my fingers to clean my apartment during the song and nothing happened so (laughs) I mean, there's still something. We talked about the carpet bag. Like, I yeah. mean, I'm pretty sure it's just a series of like uh, uh, green screen, blue screen, green screen, whatever, and like layers of sh- shots and everything. But like, I don't know how they did it. And it's, right. and that's beautiful. Cause like, you could tell that, like, oh, you're on a wire. Oh, there's, the smoke mm-hmm. is hiding the the staircase that you guys are climbing, and it looks right. and it looks cheesy. When she does like, that, like three sixty turn, a bunch of like mm-hmm. you can tell you're on a wire, but you're on. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then, like when they get pulled, I think when Michael <laughs> shoots out of the chimney, I think it's actually a mannequin or something. 
I don't think it's a human. Oh, <laughs> it doesn't look real. But you know, there's things where you're like, oh, I could tell what you did here. But then there, but like, I kind of forgive it, and I'm kind of just like, yeah, it, it's a hit of nostalgia, but like, not in a bad way. I feel like, yeah, totally, yeah, like it'll always be special. So my sharps, of course, Julie Andrews, mm-hmm. just being like classic wonderful amazingly talented charismatic engaging julie andrews on screen mm-hmm. um she i think makes the movie like obviously she's the lead character but you know if it even if it was a different actress i don't know if it would have popped as much um and then also bert's character slash dick van dyke same yeah. with him just like fully embodying this like chameleon of a character this engaging wonderful person who's childlike and brings that like childlike joy to the life like the world that they live in um the penguin dance like i said that part i mean all of his dancing scenes are great the step in time like dancing's great too but i i kind of forgot how joyful it was and it since it was like a live character dancing with an animation i thought it really synced up really well even later when one's in front of him and the kick line and he's like bending below his leg that he's kicking out the the penguins just are really funny too how like one of them falls in love with mary poppins there's a lot going on um in that scene and i love it and then Obviously, the highlights of some of the classic songs, Spoonful of Sugar, uh, Jolly Holiday, Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, Step in Time, um, because those were the songs that drew me in of like, well, here's a good one. Here's a classic one. And I was kind of like bopping along. Um, And then lastly, I would say the costumes as well. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Especially in the chalk painting, like that mary poppins dress i was like oh my god it's so beautiful and even the kids how they're dressed and bert with that like dapper striped suit and the hat i think the costuming is really great in this um and so that definitely deserves a shout out what's really fascinating is that the costumes that mary poppins wears is everywhere people have cosplayed about her right the main ones i see are her entrance her first look and the jolly holiday look i think also the step in time red outfit is just perfection it's just a red suit and then it gets covered in the the coal dust and she powders her nose literally with like oh my god it's so funny i loved that I, I was like, are they all was... getting black lung after filming it? When it like shoots onto Michael's face, I'm like, that poor kid. Hope he had his eyes closed. <laughs> Probably. Before I ask the final question, would you want to play Mary Poppins in a stage version of this? Or is there another character you would like to play? Mm, I, I would like to play Mary Poppins, even though our vocal parts are different. But I think she's like fun and charismatic. Um, I think... I'd probably enjoy playing Bert even more, but yeah, that probably won't happen. Like that's Get it. that's the role I'd want to play. Or, hey, Broadway, if this is coming back, can I reprise my role of the <clears throat> the goat? <laughs> so, like, just those three, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
And she's giving it out for free right there. I may bleep it. You know what? <laughs> I'm going to bleep it just for funsies. Uh, what songs would you add to your life's playlist? I've got three, really. I okay. put, I wrote down Jolly Holiday, Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, and Step in Time. Because I yeah. do like the other ones. Don't get me wrong. There's a few things I would skip, like The Life I Lead. But like, you know, Stay Awake and feed the birds are beautiful songs in their own right i just don't think i will listen to them on the reg right i I will say probably the one that randomly comes up the most for me is feed the birds that's because not that i do this a lot but anytime someone talks about like feeding the birds or if you think about feeding the birds you're gonna sing that song and so i feel like i break into feed the birds tap in so bad and then i'm like ah, that was funny um so like i feel like that gets folded into life you know i was at the park the other day watching people like feed the birds i'm like thinking about this song so um it just gets fused into that activity mm-hmm. um step in time yeah i would definitely it's it's fun and you think it's over and then they go in the house and then they're just repeating everything those people say like then i think at one point they're like stop step in time stop Stop." anyway um (laughs) and i think spoonful of sugar because it's fun it's so catchy and that's another Mm -hmm. thing of like you're taking madison you don't want to like you're gonna think about this song on that note diana we're done with the episode we did it yes mary poppins Mary Poppins! Mary Poppins, Governor! Mary Poppins! Is there anything, Diana, you'd like to plug or promote? Well, I'm not doing much right now, but I can always plug my music that is online. So um, you can find my album on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your music. It's called Matters of the Heart. Diana DiCostanzo, D-I-C-O-S-T-A-N-Z-O. And there's some good music there. Uh, Hopefully at some point soon, I'll put out some more music. So you could even search my name. I have some newer stuff out there like YouTube and stuff. Oh, your your name on YouTube is your name? Yeah. And then what about your other, like, are you on Instagram or TikTok or... Have yes. a Facebook page. Yeah. <laughs> Facebook, it's just my name. Uh well, I don't like I'm not good at like running an artist like business through my socials, but uh Instagram I'm on there as I think it's Diana Stasia. Right now I'm mostly posting uh pictures of the pottery I'm doing and horses that I'm riding and <laughs> uh, occasionally yeah. some music and theater stuff. And then on uh, X, are we calling it that? Uh, Twitter, whatever you want to call it's it. At Diana likes dogs. I think that's what it's called. And sometimes <laughs> I'll, I'll post stuff there. Um, I think I have a TikTok, but I don't even remember. <laughs> Great, but if you, I don't know, if you read the books and understand more why pl travers hated it you can email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com i'm also on facebook instagram what used to be called twitter and tiktok at buttersongpod does this movie have a lot of 
childhood memories for you what are they i'd love to hear about them somebody please email me something and then if you want to be what he wants is uh, videos um tag him in videos on socials of you sliding down a banister Mm -hmm. um anywhere whether it's your home you know the white house like an old historic museum and if you figured out how to slide up a banister Please send me a video. A Definitely. Hashtag but a song. Hashtag. Hashtag. <laughs> at but a song pod. Hashtag but a song pod. Do it all. And if you want to be part of the next episode's conversation, well, we are doing the sequel. We're doing Mary Poppins Returns. Woo! She comes back. What? I, I know. I know. It's only <laughs> like... 50 years after the fact a little more than 50 years after the fact that uh, when this movie came out but she returned (laughs) yay yay diana thank you so much for coming back on sorry it's been so long in between your last episode and your current and this one but we've got plans for you i am worth the wait yes (laughs) yes this we 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 needed the right topic which was this and exactly then, you needed my goat impression i needed the goat i needed to hear it um and everyone thank you for listening and bye for now bye special thanks to justin johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to nick bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast and thank you to Castbox for hosting this podcast bye again everyone and have a musical day